It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah! Woo! Thank you, Bernie! Rivers gives to Strolls, angling left. Half room. 15, 10, 5. Jackpot! He got it! He got it! He got it! The play should have been ruled a fumble. Ha 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 Touchdown, Antonio Gates! 112 career touchdown catches. That's the most by an NFL tight end all time. I would have hoped that if people would have figured it out. I just like to play football. This is Score More with Garrett Sister. Let's go! We are back. Welcome to Score More Podcast. I am Garrett Sisty. We are at Score More Pod on Twitter. Thanks for listening in, guys, and I know it's been a while, but it is the first off-season podcast for the Score More podcast, and it is because I am doing a mock draft. Make sure you go follow at Score More Pod. I'll do some more stuff as the season ramps up and going into the season as well. But today, I'm covering the Espionation Mock Draft. I was selected to make the pick for the Chargers at 28. So uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through every writer from each corresponding blog made a pick for their team. So 27 picks were made ahead of the Chargers. I'm going to go over all of them, kind of talk about my thinking as the picks were coming up, and then where I went at 28. So let's go ahead and get into it. This is the SB Nation Mock Draft, and here is how it started. At one, the Cardinals took Kyler Murray, the quarterback. No surprise there. The San Francisco 49ers took Nick Bosa, the edge rusher. And the Jets followed that up with drafting another edge rusher, Josh Allen. At four, the Raiders picked Quinnen Williams, the interior defensive lineman out of Alabama. This is a pick I would not like for a division rival for the Raiders. On draft day, I'm hoping it's between two players that I think are being wildly overrated, especially in the top five. It's Josh Allen, who the Jets just took at three, and it's Rashawn Gary. I'm hoping one of those two picks... Go to the Raiders at four. The guys I don't want the Raiders to pick, there's about two. Well, let's call it three guys. I don't want the Raiders to take Kyler Murray. I don't want the Raiders to take Nick Bosa. 
and I definitely don't want them to take the guy they just took, Quinton Williams, at four. Those four guys are difference makers, probably the three best players in this draft at their position. I love all three of them. I would not like to see them in the Chargers division, but in this mock draft, Quinton Williams went four to the Raiders. At five, the Buccaneers selected Ed Oliver on draft day. I'm hoping teams overthink Oliver a little bit, whether they think he's an off-ball linebacker or an edge rusher. I think he's an interior defensive lineman, and I think he would be perfect for the Chargers at 28. Doubt he slips that far, but we might see some teams start to question where he fits in their system and maybe he falls. He doesn't in this draft. He goes five to the Buccaneers. At number six, Devin White goes to the Giants, the linebacker. At seven, the Jaguars get the next quarterback on the board, Dwayne Haskins, so the Jags get their quarterback. At eight, the Lions picked Brian Burns, the edge rusher out of Florida State, and the Bills take the first tight end off the board. They selected TJ Hawkinson out of Iowa. At 10, another division rival, the Denver Broncos, pick Drew Locke, which, personally, I love this pick because Locke is a project, and I know they've got Flacco, and Locke could probably learn from a year or two sitting behind learning the system and getting some NFL experience. I'm not sure he's a starter right away. He'll definitely be in the competition going into camp, in Broncos camp, but I love taking a second, third-round player in the first round and in the top 10, so I'm happy about that pick. Not so much about Quinton Williams going number four to the Raiders, but... Have fun, Elway, with Drew Locke. That's fine. And you know he's great at picking his quarterback, so this would be another good one under the Elway regime. So Locke goes 10 to the Broncos. At 11, the Cincinnati Bengals take the other Devin, Devin Bush, the linebacker out of Michigan. So the top two linebackers already off the board before the Packers pick at 12. At 12, the Packers ended up going with Montez Sweat, the edge player out of Mississippi State. Number 13, the Dolphins take the first tackle off the board it went all the way to 13 picks and not a single offensive tackle in fact not a single offensive lineman was selected in the first 12 picks it stops here at 13 juan taylor goes to the dolphins and the first offensive tackle is gone my number one tackle my favorite tackle of this class at 14 wouldn't you know it another tackle goes off the board jonah williams goes to the falcons the alabama tackle so back-to-back tackles and they're starting to fall off the board here. I was hoping some would fall. We'll see if any of the other tackles last. At 15, it's Cleland Farrell, the edge at a Clemson. So another edge rusher goes to the Redskins at 15. At 16, the Panthers make it three of the last four picks. Our offensive tackles, they take Andre Dillard out of Washington State, a guy I would love at 28, but he's gone. Taylor, Williams, Dillard, all gone before 20 even comes up on the board. At 17, the Giants' second pick is Rashawn Gary. He is the defensive end out of Michigan. And we move on to 18, where the Vikings take the fourth best tackle in this draft. My third, Cody Ford, goes to the Vikings. The guard-slash-tackle is gone. And so the four, the consensus top four, which is Jonah Williams, Jawan Taylor, Andre Dillard, and Cody Ford, no matter how you stack them, they're all gone. So not looking good for your boy here at 28 so far in offensive linemen. At 19, we got our first interior offensive lineman off the board. It is Garrett Bradbury at NC State. He goes to the Titans at 19. At 20, the first corner is gone. is Byron Murphy, probably the only corner I'd consider at 28. He is gone. I'm not sure I'd go corner anyway, 
but Murphy goes to the Steelers at 20. At 21, we got our first real surprise here. Uh, some guys went a little bit higher, some went a little bit lower. No, no real surprises, but this is probably the biggest surprise so far. At 21, the Seattle Seahawks select Jerry Tillery, a popular name on Chargers Twitter. A lot of guys mocking Tillery to the Chargers at 28. Uh, one of the better interior defensive linemen still left on the board is now gone at 21. He, in fact, goes before Christian Wilkins. He's still on the board. I'm hoping he falls here. But Jerry Tillery, not even in the conversation anymore. He goes at 21 to Seattle. At 22, the first wide receiver is gone. It's DK Metcalf at Ole Miss. He goes to the Ravens. At 23, the other corner goes off the board. Greedy Williams out of LSU. He is gone. At 24, the Raiders make their second selection, and they pick Noah Fant, the tight end, out of Iowa. So far, Quinn and Williams, Noah Fant for the Raiders. That's a pretty good two-man haul there. I like those two. Uh, 25 sucks. The Eagles pick Christian Wilkins. The one guy I was hoping would fall does not, and I am stuck. And I'm in a bad spot here, and there's still two more picks before mine at 28. So at 26, another defensive tackle, Jeffrey Simmons, gone. Goes to the Colts. So my top four defensive tackles are gone. Quinn Williams, gone. Ed Oliver, gone. Jeffrey Simmons, gone. Christian Wilkins, gone. Jerry Tillery, gone. That's top five. That's my top five interior defensive linemen on my big board. Gone before 28. And there's one more pick to go before I am on the clock. At 27, the Raiders' third pick is Nasir Adderley, the safety out of Delaware. A lot of another Chargers fan favorite, uh, very good safety. <laughs> the Raiders are going to win round one here because that's a great haul. Nasir Adderley, Noah Fant, and Quinn Williams. I know Mike Mayock didn't make these picks. In fact, I don't even know the writer's name that made these picks for the Raiders blog, but what a haul. If they made that on draft day. So that means I am on the clock. And I want to talk to you about my thinking. I'm going to go with some of the position groups that aren't that big of a need. And ones I wipe off early. And then talk about who it really comes down to. Who I'm picking at 28. So quarterback is definitely not a big need at 28. Chargers just got Tyrod Taylor. They've got Phillip Rivers. And if you want a developmental project, it is not in this class. Let alone the first round. The next best quarterback... Because if you remember, the top three went, Kyler Murray's gone, Dwayne Haskins is gone, and Drew Locke also got picked. So you're looking at a duo of Will Greer and my nightmare scenario here, Daniel Jones at a Duke. I'm crossing both of them off the list. I'm not taking a quarterback in the first round. So no quarterback here. Then running back. I'm not up for drafting a running back in the first round regardless, but there hasn't been one taken so far coming up to 28. So if you're a fan of Joshua Jacobs or you like David Montgomery, Daryl Henderson, even Miles Sanders, everybody's on the board here. So whatever your favorite running back is can be selected here, but I'm not picking any of them. Chargers are four deep. Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler, Justin Jackson, who they drafted last year, and of course the undrafted free agent Dietrich Newsom, who was the star in preseason. That's four running backs deep. Not a big need. I'm not taking a running back in the first round. Wide receiver is a need. The Chargers lost Tyrell Williams in free agency. Right now, it is going to be a competition for the wide receiver three spot behind Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, between Travis Benjamin, who they just gave a quote-unquote extension to, 
for wide receiver three. Dylan Cantrell, who they drafted last year, Artavis Scott, and Jeremy Davis. They're all going to be fighting for that wide receiver three spot in camp. Chargers could go wide receiver here, but not that big of a need. And I think there are some good depth going into round three and four. So end of day two, early day four for wide receiver. But for those that are available, Nikhil Harry's there. Marquise Hollywood Brown's there. Hakeem Butler, Kelvin Harmon, even A.J. Brown. So there's a lot of wide receivers still left. I'm not going to go wide receiver here either. Tight end is definitely a need. They lost Antonio Gates. We know that Virgil Green is not the tight end two that we had all hoped during the season. It was very apparent that he is just a blocking tight end, and that's fine, but that's more of a role for a tight end three. So getting a tight end two would be good in this draft, but with Irv Smith and Jay Sternberger still on the board, I'm not going either. If TJ Hawkinson or Noah Fant's available, they're definitely into the discussion. And they might be the best player on the board at that point. In fact, I've done another mock where I was kind of goofing around on Twitter, and I ended up taking Noah Fant in the first round. But they both went. So both Iowa tight ends are off the board here. I'm not going Irv Smith or Jay Sternberger. This is way too rich for a first-round pick. Interior offensive lineman is a need. They definitely need a guard. Feeney struggled. Michael Schofield struggled. Pouncey was very good. Obviously a pro bowler. Was really good to start off the year. Uh, kind of falter towards the end of the year, but interior offensive lineman isn't that big of a need. Chris Lindstrom is my favorite interior offensive lineman here. I know a lot of people like Eric McCoy too, but guard isn't that big of a need as tackle is. So I'm just going to go ahead and say uh, good players, but I'm not going to go uh, interior offensive lineman. They drafted Scott Questenberry last year. Of course, they got Forrest Lamp, who should be in the mix in competition in camp. So I'm not going guard here. Linebacker is a need, definitely. They have Kaiser White. They signed Thomas Davis. They re-signed Denzel Perryman. You want to get some more depth. They've also got Adrian Phillips, who they re-signed, who will play that you know, linebacker safety role in nickel and dime. Linebacker is a big need, but both the Devons are off the board, Devin White and Devin Bush. And at that point, I'm going to wait on a linebacker. Maybe not even need a linebacker, really, until day three. But Mac Wilson's there. Blake Cashman. Uh, Voshan Joseph, I'm not a fan of any of those guys in round one, so I am passing on linebacker. Corner could be a need. They've got Casey Hayward on one side. You've got Des King, obviously, manning the slot corner. On the outside in the cornerback two, you've got Trevor Williams, who signed his tender. You've got Michael Davis, who was the starter last year. You've got two potential starters, at least fringe starters, who could win that job as CB2. I'm not sure you really need to reach for a cornerback. Byron Murphy would be really nice, but he's gone. He's no longer on the board. You've got DeAndre Baker, Amani Oriweria, Rocky Sin, who I am not a fan of in the first round. He's been mocked to the Chargers. Would not like that because I don't think he's a first-round corner. I've got a lot of guys graded ahead of him. He's more of a late third-round pick for me, Rocky Sin is. And obviously not a very big need. So picking a corner in the first round would really put the... Chargers behind the eight ball if they did that on draft day. I'm not drafting a corner here, so I'm leaving that group alone in round one. Edge isn't really that big of an issue. Joey Bosa on one side, Melvin Ingram on the other. You got Uchenna Nwosu, who's going to be playing that auto position while Kyle Emanuel retired. So that's his spot. He also rushes the passer on third downs. You brought back Isaac Rochelle. So they're kind of four deep on the edge. Not really worth taking a guy here. Jalen Ferguson 
is here. Zach Allen, who's one of my sleepers I like a lot, is still here. Chase Winovich, none of those guys I'm taking in the first round either. So I'm going to leave Edge alone. And that brings me to two more position groups. And I think this is where you're going to need to start looking. In fact, it's actually three, excuse me. Offensive tackle, safety, interior defensive lineman. Now, those are obviously the Chargers' three biggest needs. Now, I was hoping there would be a better player at one of these positions. In a perfect world, some of those guys would have fallen. They got picked earlier, but this is where I sit right now. So let's look at the interior defensive lineman because I don't think I'm going to go defensive tackle here. Dexter Lawrence is obviously the player that's been mocked to the Chargers. Uh, not a first-round player to me. And uh, also on the board is Charles Amenahu, Draymond Jones, Rennell Wren, Kalen Saunders. Uh, none of those guys are worth a first-round pick. Dexter Lawrence is in the conversation. Now, this conversation is quick for me because he is a two-down run stuffer, and that's pretty much it. And I think you have to be elite, and this is just going by my opinion, and I think what Tom Telesco would do as well, and what he's mentioned in press conferences too, is you have to be more than just a two-down player and just a run-stuffer. The reason they drafted Justin Jones last year in the third round is because he had the versatility to play anywhere from the zero-tech to the three-tech, maybe in kick out to five on certain packages. But also, they thought he was a very good run-stuffer, but also had some pass-rushing upside. That all remains to be seen. I didn't see that while watching him, but that's why they picked him, and that's why they picked him in day two. So with a guy like Dexter Lawrence who offers no pass rushing upside right now and is a pretty good run defender, I'm not willing to go there. I was a big fan of Vita Vea last year in the first round because I thought he was elite run defender and also had some pass rushing chops that he was just starting to scratch the surface with. So he was a guy that I was a fan of, but only because he was such a damn good run stuffer in college. Dexter Lawrence is good, but he's not elite and he's not worth a first-round pick, in my opinion. So a two-down player you have to take off the field on passing downs isn't a guy I'm taking at 28. So I'm saying no on Dexter Lawrence and defensive tackles here in this mock draft. So then you move on to safety. Nasir Adderley is gone, and what you have still on the board is Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, my favorite safety in this class. Jonathan Abram, Taylor Rapp, Darnell Savage, Juan Thornhill, they're all there. In my mind, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson is the player of this group to select if I had to pick one. Now, Gardner-Johnson played all over the field for Florida. He played some free safety, uh, played some corner, played some strong safety. He's a versatile piece. He's very good in zone. He's very good closing on ball carriers, and he can really cover some ground sideline to sideline. Now, the thing that I like about Gardner-Johnson is he is like a captain on the field. He is getting guys in position pre-snap, and he is helping his teammates out. Having Derwin James and Chauncey Gardner-Johnson as your one-two punch of safeties, that alpha mentality, those kind of leaders on the field, would be instrumental on this defense for the Chargers. And I would absolutely love Gardner-Johnson, especially because between years at Florida, Gardner-Johnson just getting, kept getting better and better and better. He's so good off man. He'd be a major asset in nickel with his instincts. Just let him make plays. I love Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. So it comes down for me, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson and the tackle out of Kansas State, Dalton Reisner. Now, Reisner was the Big 12 Offensive Lineman of the Year. He was a right tackle in the NFL. 
He will slide right into the Chargers' biggest weakness, which is their right tackle. He can compete with Sam Tevy right away. And look, Sam Tevy had his issues last year. They need to get better on the outside. Reisner has stability, hasn't missed a game. Strong upper body, can anchor well on the right side. The thing that I don't like is the lower half. I think he struggles in his pass pro sets. And that's something he's definitely going to have to work on at the next level. Now, Reisner also played on the interior. He could basically play all five spots on the offensive line. You don't really want to line him up as a left tackle. He's more of a right tackle. But he's got the versatility, too. That's obviously a thing that the Chargers covet. He could play guard. He could play tackle. Depending on what you want, he can give it to you. Now, for me, it comes down to Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, like I mentioned, and Dalton Reisner. Reisner is the fifth best tackle in this class, in my opinion. And Chauncey Gardner-Johnson is the best safety. Nasir Adderley went, but I've got Chauncey Gardner-Johnson rated higher than Nasir Adderley in this draft. This pick might surprise you, but I'm going with Dalton Reisner here at 28. And I'm going to tell you why. I'm taking Reisner because I'm looking at how the board's falling right now. And I'm looking at the players available. And I'm saying... If you pass on Dalton Reisner, you're in a heap of trouble come round two. So if you pass on Reisner and say you went Gardner-Johnson, Reisner's going to be gone before you pick in the next round. Greg Little will be gone. Yadni Kajust will be gone. Caleb McGarry might be there. David Edwards could be there. But the falloff between Dalton Reisner and, say, McGarry Edwards, who could be there at the end of two, is a cliff. Now, if you look at the safety group, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson should be gone before the Chargers pick in the second round, but they've got some kind of group of Jonathan Abram, Taylor Rapp, Darnell Savage, Juan Thornhill, Deontay Thompson. Amani Hooker will be there, but he's more of a strong safety in my opinion. But you've got Abram, Rapp, Savage, Thornhill, and Thompson. That's five potential safeties that could be there in the second round, and I'm happy with any of them. And I think the falloff between Gardner-Johnson and, say, Deontay Thompson isn't that much and is much more narrow than the difference between Reisner and a guy like McGarry. Because you're talking about four very good tackles that went before I got the pick at number 28. All potential starters. I think Reisner is the last of that group before you're talking about major project. Even though Reisner is the fifth best offensive tackle, I think you've got to get ahead of the curve now and get your potential starter now before getting a the best safety, and then having to get a project that you know, may not even be better than Sam Tevy in year one. And that's an issue because Sam Tevy wasn't good last year. And the way I'm looking at it is I'm going with Dalton Reisner. I'm getting ahead of the curve. I'm grabbing my potential starting tackle, the only one that's still left, and then I'm going to leave round two for a safety or an interior defensive lineman, and I've got a chance to get some talented guys like Juan Thornhill or Deontay Thompson or Darnell Savage. I'm happy with any of those guys. I think that's a great pick in the second round if I can get one of those three. And then in the interior defensive lineman, the falloff between Dexter Lawrence and the next group like Rennell Wren, Kalen Saunders, Tristan Hill, not that far off. I think what you're looking at is if you go Reisner here, you then pick the best of that three. Juan Thornhill, Deontay Thompson, Darnell Savage, right? Let's Let's pretend it's Juan Thornhill. So you've got... Reisner, you've got Thornhill or Deontay Thompson. And then 
you pick the next best interior defensive lineman with some pass rushing upside, like Renell Wren or Kalen Saunders or Tristan Hill, and I think you've got a pretty good stacked filling your three biggest need in the first three picks. You're going into day three going, hey, maybe I can take a swing on some of these luxury picks. Maybe somebody falls again, and you can find your Kaiser White of this draft or your Dez King of this draft. I think by setting yourself up, by getting Dalton Reisner at 28, you're good going into day two going, I'm going to get whoever's highest on my board in the interior defensive lineman and safety. I'm going to get one of those, and I'm going to be good. Because I got my potential starter in Dalton Reisner at right tackle. And if things don't work out with Reisner, he can always kick in the guard, which is going to be a need at some point because Michael Schofield and Dan Feeney are struggling mightily in the 2018 season. So at the very least, you filled, if not right tackle, another need inside. You've got some versatility. So that's my way of saying I'm going Dalton Reisner. As much as I love Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, the need outweighed the best player available. So I went with Reisner over Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, and Dexter Lawrence was the, probably the third guy you're talking about at that point. But that was kind of a short conversation. So I went Dalton Reisner at 28. Tell me who you would have picked. I actually want to know. I want to hear your input because, you know, I'm interested. This kind of fell strange, and usually there's a guy there that I'm willing to take, and this time it was just like, hey, I'm taking Reisner because he's the next best starter. And I didn't want to deal with any of those tackles later on in the draft. I want to take care of it early and then pick up some value on safety and defensive tackle in round two and three. So tell me, who would you have taken? Do you want to take Will Greer in the first round? Do you like Joshua Jacobs? Would you have taken Dexter Lawrence? Would you have taken Chauncey Gardner-Johnson? Do you like Mac Wilson a lot? I don't know. Of the guys that I list that were still on the board, and I gave you you know, the top two or three for each position group, who do you like and who would you have picked? I mean, obviously, Dalton Reiser is the right answer, but you said, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but talk to me. Why would you have gone somewhere else? Who would you have picked at that point? Because the Chargers pick at the end of the round, and like I kind of said over on the other podcast that I do, it's weird, but the further down you draft, the worse players get. So you're not going to find such good players as you have in the past because they're drafted at 28. So let me know what you guys think. Leave it in the comments. Okay? That does it for me. I am Garrett Sisti. Don't forget to follow the podcast at ScoreMorePod. And let's just hope, even though there's no games right now, that the Chargers score more on Sunday.